Locked On Leafs podcast. Who wants up shop for all things Leafs? I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast for shows each and every day. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. Big news coming out of the NHL today, and we are going to spend a good amount of today's show talking about it, pretty much most of the show talking about it, because it looks like we're going to get hockey, folks. Uh, The NHL and the players uh, getting ready to ratify some sort of agreement that uh, they're going to go forward with the season, and it seems like the target date is going to be uh, mid-January now. I'll, I'll get to those details in just a minute. What we do know, what we still don't know, the question we have. How is it going to affect the Maple Leafs this season uh, with the year that it's going to end up being? And uh, so we'll get answer all of those questions and more. And also at the end of the show, I'll give you a little bit of a World Juniors update because there was some some uh, quite a bit of news actually over the course of the weekend about the, the World Juniors since we last spoke because... Obviously, the yesterday's episode was a continuation conversation from Friday with Mark Masters, and a lot has changed since then, especially with Team Canada, and especially with a lot of these international players and teams. So we'll give you an update there. Uh, but let's get to uh, to the to the big news of the day, and really, this kind of broke late last night a little bit. That it seemed like there was an agreement in place with the players and the NHL. That they essentially were just going to stick to the agreement that they agreed upon back in June and July. Like, it, it, I understood it from both perspectives when the players felt upset when the owners came back and asked them to defer more money. I mean, they didn't say, look, you know, take a pay cut. They just said defer the money, spread it out over time, uh, you know, as opposed to just making, you know, and add the escrow ahead of time as opposed to having it spread out throughout the years. And they were didn't want any of it. They dug their heels in, and it seems like uh, they weren't going to budge there. And both sides just decided, all right, whatever, let's, let's move on, and let's just focus on the other uh, particulars of a deal. And, and that seems to be what's being focused on now. So let's go over some of the news that we do know, some of the stuff that was announced today uh, of this agreement that is in place. So first and foremost, the, there's, before anything gets solidified, it's got to be all ratified within a board of governors meeting. And that is going to actually be held tomorrow uh, or Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, Wednesday, December 9th. And it's going to be held at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And that'll be a chance for that them to solidify everything. So what we do know um, that's part of that agreement, it seems like the season is targeting to start by January 13th. So not that long away, like just over a month away. And we got to get so much sorted out, uh, including a schedule. And that's part of the things that we don't know yet uh, is how the schedule is going to work. What we do know, however, is that they're looking to play 56-game schedules. So eight more than the original 48 that I think most of us were projecting based on the uh, this season that they had in the lockout year back in 2012-13. But looks like they're going to try and fit in 56 games. How they're going to do that, I don't know. Because again, this season, the Stanley Cup needs to be awarded by the start of the Olympics. They cannot overlap, and it's going to be tricky. 
the fact that they're trying to squeeze in 56 games, I'm going to be curious how they end up scheduling things. Uh, Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski put out a report on ESPN today saying that some teams have have offered and maybe the NHL is toying with a a baseball-esque schedule where teams kind of play multiple times in a row, like a mini-series. So, like, the Maple Leafs are going to play the Ottawa Senators three times in the course of five or six days, and then they'll move on and play a different team after that. But they'll get three games in against the same team back-to-back-to-back, assuming not back-to-back-to-back nights. That would be absolutely insane. I assume this would be, you know, kind of a three-games in five or six nights type deal. And then uh, you'll move on, and you'll play another team for three games. You move on, play another team for three games. And that's kind of how they'll go throughout the season. Again, nothing has been set in stone. This is just something that, this is just a report. This is a rumor of how they're going to do things. But um, that's one interesting way. But we still don't know exactly how the schedule is going to shape out. Uh, What's another thing that we do know, though? We do know that it seems like it's going to be a 10-day training camp with no exhibition games. And this I find to be very interesting that they don't want to have any exhibition games. Teams like Toronto, yeah, okay, I guess they 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 were lucky enough to play in the bubble, so they did get some games under their belt back in August. But there are seven teams in the NHL, one of which did not actually participate in the return to play, being the Ottawa Senators, who haven't played since March. And you're not going to give them a game in between? That's that's tough. I I don't I don't know if I really like it. I understand they want to do as little travel, uh, as little unnecessary travel as possible, and that would kind of be deemed as unnecessary travel. Uh, but it just looks like they're not going to be going to be doing it. That is part of the the report. Uh, I I think it was Pierre LeBron in the Athletic was writing about it, and that is something that was in that uh, in that column. So. That's going to affect a lot of things, and I think that's going to make camp uh, definitely important, like the camp itself, because now you're not going to have any games to show off. So you got young players who are going to be trying to show out and show up, especially, you know, young rookies and you know, draft picks uh, of of the last couple of years. You know, this is usually when second and third round picks of the last kind of two, three years start to show up, you know, a couple of years out after their draft and they come out, they're supposed to have a good camp, play well in a couple of preseason games and then earn a spot on the team. You're not going to have that anymore. You know, I'm going to get to how this is all going to affect the Maple Leafs, but there's a couple of players specifically, I think, on Toronto that not having a training camp uh, any any preseason games, rather, not training camp, but the exhibition games is actually going to hurt. And I think there's a lot of players around the league that this is going to hurt. No PTOs, right? You're not going to have any professional tryouts where you're going to be able to see how some of these veterans uh, play on your team and, and give them an opportunity and just see without having to sign a contract with that team. And there's a lot, a lot of veterans still out there in the UFA market, tons of them uh, still available. I think I did a podcast on it. Last week, I believe, where I talked about the crazy UFA uh, market that's still out there. And that's another thing we don't know. Like, where are these guys going to go? Right? Where are these people going to sign? Where can they sign? Like, sheesh. Something that we also need to figure out is is the cap. We've got, what, 10 teams. 10 teams in the NHL right now currently over the cap. Uh, A little bit later, I'm going to get into one of the teams who apparently have half the roster on the chopping block or on the trading block, 
Um, and, and, you know, the phones have been busy there, I'm sure. But something that should happen with all this news in regards to the UFAs, in regards to all these teams who are currently over the cap, now that we actually have a set target date and an agreement and everything's all but ratified, you know, just need to cross some T's and dot some I's, I think that'll open up the market, the free agent market, the trade market, which has been so stagnant. Uh, I saw something. There hasn't been a one-way UFA contract signed in the NHL since November 2nd. November 2nd was the last time we saw a UFA one-way deal signed in the NHL. That is insane. That's just disgusting when you think about it. Uh, So hopefully, with all this news, the fact that we are going to get a season, the fact that um, we have a a date, we have a game schedule, there seems to be a plan in place, maybe we can get the market to move. A couple other things that we do not know. Division alignments. We still are unsure if a Canadian division is actually going to be the case. We have been talking about it for months, but Gary Bettman still hasn't said anything. Nobody from the NHL League offices has said anything. We had the Vegas owner talk about after the the trade with Nate Schmidt to Vancouver, saying how he didn't care because they're going to be playing the Canadian division. That's kind of what sparked this, like, Canadian division? What do you mean? This is not information that has been made public. Uh, and since then, it's it went from speculation to us, including myself, just pretty much assuming, yeah, this is, this is going to happen. There's pretty good chance that this is what we see. And if that is the case, then we're going to need to see complete new division alignments. I mean, you've got three teams in the Western Conference that'll be part of the Canadian division that you're taking away from other divisions. And you've got uh, three teams in the Eastern Conference. No, sorry, you got four teams out West. Four teams out West. And three teams in the uh, Eastern Conference. All going to be one big seven-team conference. And then the other two, or the other three conferences, or other three divisions, sorry... The other three divisions are now going to have to kind of figure out how they're going to go about uh, doing their seasons um, and, and and splitting things up and who goes where and, you know, how many games you're going to play against your division. Like, what's what's the schedule going to look like in the States? Like, I understand that the Canadian teams are all going to play each other. Is that going to be the case in America where you still only play your division? Or is there going to be some cross-divisional play between the teams in the U.S.? I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. That's, again... More questions that we need to have answered. So we got a lot of answers today, but there's still so many more questions that we have to ask that hopefully we figure out over the next little bit. But today's a good day because for the first time in probably a month, there's actually a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and it seems like we're on the right path to finding that pot of gold because the players and the owners – and Gary Bettman, finally all on the same page. I mean, apparently they're not like on the same page when it comes to the financials, but they just understand that there's there's no point even talking about it anymore. It seems like a non uh, a non talking point between both parties. So they've moved on and tried to figure out. Okay, let's just move on and and see how we can go about actually completing the season or getting it started at the very least. And. Uh, January 13th seems to be the the target date for all that to start. Um, and the one other question that I think I specifically want answered, and this is as a a kind of 
precludes to the Maple Leafs, is there going to be a taxi squad? Like, we saw Major League Baseball, they had themselves a taxi squad where they had, I believe it was like five players that they could travel with them in case, you know, there was either an injury or in case there was a um, uh, uh, a COVID test, uh, a positive, and they could just use one of those five players and kind of put them and bring them with them on the road and, and, and play them just in case something happened. And I think Toronto specifically uh, will benefit from there being some sort of taxi squad. I'll get to this in a moment. And before I do, I got to tell you about Bill Go. It's the Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's mental or a physical wall. Break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you. The Built Go combined energy gel with collagen protein and the collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into the system fast plus it's easy on the stomach collagen promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better visit bilkgo.com and use the promo code locked and you get 20% off your next order use promo code locked for 20% off bilkgo.com let's go all right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, still with you. And I was just talking about how I think that a taxi squad and the use of that could benefit the Toronto Maple Leafs possibly more than any other team. Um, and, and a big reason for this is because the Leafs are one of the one of the 10 teams that are currently over the salary cap. Um and we are very well aware about how Toronto is up against the cap. They have been for a couple of seasons. And uh, a way that they've kind of gotten around it was just to, to only have like 20, uh, or like 20 guys on their roster as opposed to the traditional 23 on the roster. The issue with doing that this season specifically is because I don't think paper transactions are going to be as easy as they were. Like with all the testing and the COVID protocols, I don't know if you're going to be able to do paper transactions. You're going to be able to do call-ups as simply and easily as you used to do in the past. I think that there's going to have to be some sort of quarantine period for teams that are, you know, for players that are being called up. Um, You know, we, those are again, questions that we have. And for a team like Toronto, who's probably only going to carry 20 guys on their actual roster, having a taxi roster that practices and travels with them will be beneficial in case some problems arise and they need to, uh, you know, use that taxi squad. They need to get some call-ups in uh, on short notice. So I I think they have to look into it, um, especially since you see a lot of these teams due to the flat cap being so up against it. Uh, It's not just Toronto. Um, Arizona's up against it. The Lightning are up against it. Vegas up against it. I'll I'll talk a little bit about the fire sale that they're having a little bit later on in this podcast. Uh, Reports coming out now from uh, David Pagnotta that pretty much anybody making 
making any amount of money is available not named Petrangelo out in Vegas. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, how else does this new season affect the Maple Leafs and the way that it's going about it, right? This 10-day camp with no exhibition games. Is that going to affect Toronto? I think it does because I think there's a few players out here uh, that desperately need those those exhibition games, not only just to show the team that you know they're ready to play, but also to build chemistry. I think chemistry is super important. And you saw last year the amount of new faces that came onto this Toronto Maple Leafs team. It took them a little bit to build chemistry. And I think that you're running into the same problem this year. There's so many new faces. And if you're not playing games, I understand you, there's going to be practices and probably like red versus white pra- or blue versus white practices, but it's not the same, right? It's really not the same as playing legitimate exhibition games against opponents. Um, when you're playing against your own teammates, you, you kind of ease up. You don't hit properly. You, you, you know, you, you just you don't play 100%. Whereas when you are playing against an opponent, you're you're trying to win that game. So, a couple other things, um, or a couple other guy, a couple of guys that I think this could affect. I think Nick Robertson. This is somebody who that could affect him. I think the bottom six on both the defense and and uh, uh, the forward group. I think it's going to really throw off the camp battles over there, um, where maybe veterans wind up getting the nod early in the season, just because again it's a fifty-six game season. Every game counts more in a fifty-game fifty-six game season than does an eighty-two game season, just because there's less room for error. Right, small margin of error in a fifty-six game season. And you can't have rookies like Nick Robertson or um, uh, Timothy Lilligren, another player who's expecting who's expecting to have a good camp battle to try and get a roster spot. You know, guys like that who I think are right there, right on the cusp of becoming everyday NHLers, that might not get the opportunity to show that they're ready to go. And therefore, the tie will go to the veterans. So a guy like Jimmy Vesey may end up getting a roster spot over a guy like Nick Robertson because he's a veteran and there's just little room for error and you know what you're going to get with him. I understand that Robertson played some games down in the bubble, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, which I probably should have looked this up, but he, he ended up getting scratched in that final game for Andres Janssen. So... You know, his play didn't scream, I need to be an every night NHL or next season when we start up for 2021. And he was going to be battling in camp. And without those exhibition games, don't know if he's going to be able to show enough to uh, warrant a starting position on a nightly basis with this team. We'll see. I could be wrong, but that's just uh, that's just a projection. You know, also guys like Thornton, Barabanov, uh, Wayne Simmons. You know, like it would be more beneficial to them to kind of see how their roles would play out in real game action than just in these white versus blue scrimmage games or in in practice and in camp. So, just with so many new faces on this Leafs team, not having any exhibition games, I think is 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 going to be tough, and it's going to be for everybody. Don't get me wrong. Toronto's not the exception here. It's it's going to be all 31 teams dealing with this, but obviously, you know, Leafs-centric podcast. We're talking about Toronto's issues here. Um, 
But yeah, it's 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 going to be an issue. The fact that there's no exhibition games, I don't like it. I wish there was at least one. At least one would have been okay. Don't play your stars. Kind of treat it like like a, a week four in the preseason of the NFL, where you kind of your second stringers will start, and then also the guys who are all on the cusp of making the team, and kind of see who shows up and who shows out, and that's who's going to get the nod. Not going to have that this year. But that's okay. Uh, A couple other things that I think the Leafs will be affected by the way that this season is going to go. Depending on how the season shakes out in terms of how the scheduling goes, I think depth is going to be super important. Not just depth at forward and defense, but at the goaltending position. I think we're going to see a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of three games in five nights or three games in four nights. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that this year just because, again, 56 games plus a full playoffs, all are going to have to be completed by the beginning of July, and they probably want to get it done as you know by, by late June and try and get the offseason back on a regular schedule. But it's going to be tough to do unless they put a lot of back-to-backs. And if that's the case, you're going to have to have good depth at the goaltending position. And having Jack Campbell is going to be important. And him playing well is going to be important. And I think also having a third goalie is important as well. So, And they signed Aaron Dell to be that number three goaltender. And I think that, again, this is another example, actually, where a taxi squad will come in handy because if you try and sneak him through waivers, I don't know he does make it through waivers, being only a $700,000 contract. He's a guy that somebody would probably take a flyer on to be their backup goaltender um, if things aren't going very well. And this is a guy who the Leafs would really like to keep in the organization so that they don't have to go to Hutchinson should an injury or a COVID test, uh, a positive test pop up for one of Freddie Anderson or Jack Campbell. Because uh, <laughs> as well as Hutch played in the in the postseason, in the bubble for Colorado, we know he does not play well when he's in the white and blue, and we do not want him to become our starting goalie. So, you know, having that goaltender depth is going to be huge. Uh, also playing back-to-back nights, I think it's going to be, especially for a team that went out and got a lot of veterans, guys like Joe Thornton, like Wayne Simmons, like uh, Zach Bogosian, you know, very long in the tooth. Maybe if you have a bunch of uh, back-to-back nights or, you know, three games in four nights over and over and over again, weeks on end, then I think it'd be a good idea to kind of spell them for the night and allow some other players to get a shot. And if that's the case, you need to be you need to be deep. You got to have your depth. You know, like uh, if Bogosian needs a night off because he's played uh, a whole bunch of games, you know, a couple of back to backs, and he just wants a night off. Okay, good. You got Rasmus Sandin who could step up, or Timothy Lilligren maybe who could step up, or Dermot or whoever ends up stepping up. Letnin. We still don't know what these what this team's gonna look like. You know, that's something that we'll we'll get into later into the offseason, obviously, uh, we'll, we'll make our, our lineup projections. But also, in terms of projections for myself, it's going to be tough to do with actually seeing these guys alive, watching them uh, play on ice. It's, it's going to be tough. But, um, yeah, I think depth is going to be important, really, really important. And I think the Leafs did a pretty good job uh, addressing their depth this offseason in all three positions, for defense and goaltending. So I think they're in a pretty good spot when it comes to that. Um, 
I think also just in terms of the whole Canadian division, I think it gives Toronto a, a better chance actually to make a run because if they do a Canadian division, I believe the, the they're probably going to end up doing a playoffs as well where the top four teams are going to make it. I personally would put the Maple Leafs at the top of the all-Canadian list and therefore have them coming out of the Canadian division in a playoff scenario. And if that's the case, that's... That's a good way to get to a conference final. That's that's all I'm saying. Also, will this Canadian division be in the East final or the West final? I don't know. I really do not know. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 a couple of ways where the Leafs specifically, I guess, are are impacted or how it impacts the Leafs. Impacts every team, but that's kind of a more detailed opinions of how I believe it's going to impact Toronto. Uh, We'll take one more quick break, and when we come back, we'll give you an update on the World Juniors coronavirus. Oh, you son of a bee. Act up to your dumb tricks again. Uh, Potentially putting the World Junior Tournament at risk. That plus the fire sale, the Vegas Golden Knights coming up next. Welcome back to Locked On These Podcasts. Mike DiStefano with you. Uh, just going over what um, the agreement is all about for the NHL to start back up. Projecting January 13th camps to start shortly after the new year. Looking at a 10-day camp with zero exhibition games. Still don't know the division alignments. Still unsure how the schedule is going to shake out. Will there be a taxi squad? Is this going to allow the market to start moving? Lots of questions still to be answered, but that'll be for alternative podcasts later in the week. Over the coming weeks, that is. And we will get some answers tomorrow with that Board of Governors meeting set to take place at 4 p.m. to try and ratify everything and really, really cement uh, the NHL's return to play here for the 2021 season. And speaking of the 2021 season, there are currently 10 teams over the cap right now. The cap set at $81.5 million. It's a flat cap, same as last year. Nobody was anticipating this going into last offseason, so no one was worried about it. Everyone thought, just like most years, that it was going to go up, you know, two, three, four million million, $4 million. So <laughs> teams weren't prepared for a flat cap. Therefore, a lot of teams stuck. A lot of teams stuck. A third of the league currently over uh, and one of those teams are the Vegas Golden Knights and they made the biggest acquisition of the offseason by going out and signing Alex Petrangelo ripped him right from the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs and I gotta tell you I'm actually glad that, that happened because now you look at what's going on in Vegas and they are in a bit of a pickle um, currently they've got they're just under a million over the cap, or uh, yeah, just over a million over the cap right now with 21 players on their roster, um, and they need to shed some shed some salary. They got to get rid of somebody, and there's a lot of players right now, lots of them that are hitting the uh, the rumor mill, and David Pagnata. Uh, I believe he's with the NHL Network, um, definitely the fourth period. He's now reporting that Pacioretty, Marcheseau, 
Marc-Andre Fleury, and Alec Martinez are all on the block as Vegas tries to get under the cap. That's a a big list of players to move. And the biggest issue, I think, for Vegas is, especially with trying to move Pacioretty and Marcheseau, you got a guy like Mike Hoffman who's not going to cost you anything but money to sign, and he's probably going to be cheaper than both of those players on a shorter term, potentially, than those players. And he's a guy who may even be better than those players. Pacioretty, I think, is a pretty solid player. Arguably, uh, very much on an even playing field, I guess, for those two guys. Uh, And then you got Marc-Andre Fleury and and Alex Martinez, a starting goaltender and a top-four defenseman. But the biggest issue here with Vegas is they're in a position where they need to get rid of these contracts. One of these contracts needs to go. And the league isn't too fond of the way that Vegas worked the uh, the expansion draft a couple of years ago and literally held so many teams hostage and picked up so many assets and ended up getting uh, a great team out of it at the end of the day. So many picks and prospects, they got a great team out of it. And now that they're in this situation where they need the teams to come and help them alleviate them from cap troubles... I think teams are going to let them just stick it to them. It's like, you want me? All right, give me a pick. We want a second-round pick. We want a prospect. We want a first-round pick. You want to give me $7 million max patch already? Give me a, a, a second-round pick on top of it or a first-round pick even on top of it. Give me Cody Glass, a top uh, prospect in your system. I think that the league is going to stick it. To Vegas. I don't think Toronto will be in on any of these guys. They don't need any of these guys. If they would have moved on from uh, uh, Freddie Anderson, maybe Flurry could have been somebody they could have brought in short term, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now to do that. But man, the, Vegas is going to be in trouble. <laughs> They've got to move one of these guys. It's going to cost them something. All right, uh, moving on. Let's chat about quickly the World Juniors and an update here. So Team Canada, uh, as we talked about with Mark Masters on Friday's show, and if you didn't listen to that, go check it out. It was awesome. I love Mark. Thanks so much for joining once again. Uh, and if you missed yesterday's show, too, we spoke all Leafs. Yesterday was completely Leafs talk with Mark Masters. Uh, or I guess it came out on Monday. Completely Leafs talk. We talked about, uh, you know, Nick Robertson, whether or not he should be coming over. We talked about the depth. We talked about a whole heap of things. We also did some Maple Leafs trivia. That was a lot of fun. So definitely go check out that podcast from Monday. Uh, but uh, in terms of the World Juniors, as I went off on a random tangent there, a couple of updates. So Team Canada ended their quarantine today, and they found out that five of their players were still unfit to play so they ended up getting sent home. They were technically cut. They were just sent home because they were unfit. But there are going to be cuts coming up uh, in the coming weeks. And before that happens, they're going to be holding a red versus white game this week. And then we'll make those cuts afterwards to get down to the main roster. Uh, Scott, Scott Salmon, I think is his name. Scott Salmon. Uh, he said that now that they're out of quarantine, they're just going to get back right back to it. You know, they've got a tournament to train for. And uh, they want to make the right decisions and try and put together a squad that can go and win gold. Here's the problem. This is a tournament that may not go on. There has been many, many players that were supposed to 
participate in this tournament that are no longer going to because they have tested positive for coronavirus. In order to get in, I believe it's a 10-day quarantine once you enter into uh once you enter into maybe it's 2 weeks. Let's go with 2 weeks. I don't know if it's different from Canada as it is with the Alberta health, but at least 10 days if not 2 weeks once you land here and I'm speaking for teams like Sweden and Slovakia and US and all the international teams to quarantine and test negative once you get here. But you can't even get here if you've tested positive recently. And we got ourselves a heaping list of guys who are testing positive right now from these uh, out-of-country teams, other country teams. The Swedish head coach, test positive. Not too sure he's going to be able to make it to the tournament because he's got to be on that flight to make sure he gets over here in time to be able to quarantine for two weeks. Because I think on the 19th is when preliminaries start, and then the real tournament starts on the uh, on the 25th. So if you're you got to be here by the 19th, that's 14 days. You need to be there now. <laughs> no, I think it's 10 days from then. So I think they're getting ready to leave like in the next couple days. Um, to be ready to maybe they're not playing any any exhibition games, they're just getting right to it on the 25th. So maybe that that would make sense if they're not doing any of that. But still, you got to get there. And if you are currently positive for COVID 19, you're not getting on an airplane, not coming to Canada. Nope, that's not happening. So I've got a list here of players that will that were expected to be at the world junior championships that won't be. So the Swedish head coach is most likely not going to be. William Eklund, who is supposed to be a draft pick this upcoming season. William Valinder, a defenseman for Detroit, picked out of this past draft. Carl Henriksen, Albin Gru, another Detroit prospect from last year's draft. Lucas Reichel, uh, top prospect taken from Chicago this year, was expected to be a big-time player for, I believe, the German league uh, or the German team. Uh, Drew Camesso. Robert Mastria Simoni, Alex Vlasic, and Timo Nicky, an Anaheim prospect, also unable to participate in the World Juniors. So we're getting a whole bunch of people testing positive and pulling out of this tournament. I wonder if this tournament is going to be canceled. I hope it's not. I love the World Junior Tournaments, one of my favorite hockey events. On the calendar, uh, every every single year, I'm just I'm a nationalist. I I love it. Sometimes more than playoff games. <laughs> so I hope it doesn't get canceled. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Once they get to the bubble, I think they'll be fine. But again, they gotta they gotta get to the bubble, and that's where they're really struggling right now is to get there. Uh, we'll see how many other tests end up pot- popping up over the next couple of days as these teams get set to to take their tests so that they can, quote-unquote, test negative, get on a plane and come to Canada so that they can quarantine again. But, uh, you know, they're not getting as many negative tests as they had hoped, especially Team Sweden. So it's, it's going to be interesting. You, you already have a lot of people out there 
on Twitter talking about how they believe that the the season should not go on or the the tournament should not go on. You know, these are kids, you know, 19, 20-year-old kids still and we should be more cautious with the health standards and it's just a stupid tournament. I mean, they have a point. Um you're entitled to your opinion, but at the end of the day, I think I still believe that this tournament will probably end up going on. They just got to get to the bubble. They just, that's it. Once you get to the bubble, everything's going to be okay. We've seen that happen countless times. Happened with the NHL. Happened with the NBA. Once you get to a bubble, everything should be fine. Just got to get there. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for myself and four of the Locked On hosts. Discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode later this week. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.